Monday Night Raw finally delivers a show worthy of talking about. <laughs> they finally did it, it only took a certain amount of time. Hello and welcome to the Wrestling Headlines Raw Review. My name is Matt Mayer, aka Imp, and we are live here on YouTube and also available in podcast form. Links in the description or head over to WrestlingHeadline.net. The week WWE started trying again? Was this a signifier? Or was this a panic response to something or just pulling ideas they already had just a little bit more forward? Uh, for no reason, just for no reason. Personally, what those reasons for don't really matter for me. <laughs> it's like, do, do, I mind, do I care why they brought forward a plan they seemingly had in place already to happen a few weeks down the line? Why did they bring it forward to this specific show? Personally, I can find those conversations interesting, but it doesn't... It's not going to affect my review. <laughs> like, I don't really care. <laughs> Monday Night Raw has been in such in need for a jolt of energy, an injection of something, that I don't care. <laughs> I don't mind. This was a massive jolt of energy, an amazing feel-good moment to end the show, and WWE is all about those moments. I Again, I watch it as a show like that. I Personally, my thing is, uh, like short-term storytelling that WWE do, uh, which kind of then fits together to make a bigger picture rather than AW thinking about the bigger picture first and then it's the smaller pieces that you put together to make to get there. If that makes sense. <laughs> Hopefully I've been logical with that. Uh, for me, short term, it's not thing equals bad. Because it, this what, what WWE have done with their short term story, story, like, telling of their stories, of their arts, of their characters, it's worked it's work before. Like they've shown it. it it's this recent era where it's kind of, kind of, kind of kicked up a bit of, I was like, oh, it clearly doesn't work. Well, no, it's just because it's not being done very well. <laughs> so it's not that thing equal bad. So if this is an injection of energy, if, we, if Monday Night Raw is now going to be a show where there is actual effort, <laughs> it's, not funny, not just, it's not just a show where it feels like nothing is happening, which has been like this summer, even with fans coming back, nothing particularly changed. It went from, oh, this show is crap and awful, to this show was fine, to today, this week was a genuinely mostly exciting show. I would say the majority of it, not particularly different, but there were more segments I enjoyed than I didn't, if I'm going by the numbers, and the main event was such a strong feel-good moment that I can't really complain too much. So yeah, thumbs up. Well done, WWE. Massive moment crowning Big E as champion. And obviously, that's going to be the topic we talk, talk about today. It's been the main big thing. Just the all-round applause from everybody as well. And like before show, before the show, on the day of the event, Big E was hyped to be cashing in his Money in the Bank contract. This was not built to beforehand, like in any shape or form. Other than Kofi Face, Bobby Lashley got beaten, but there's been no actual on-air link. Like that's been dropped. Like New Day, Bobby Lashley just don't interact at all. And then Big E never interacted or hinted or anything like that. There was no... Because when you know where you're going, you can foreshadow, you can drop hints. So when you go back, you may even... If you, even if you didn't pick him up at the time, you can go back and be like, oh yeah, there was a nice little foreshadow I didn't even notice because they knew they were going there. They were kind of priming for it. Like, you won't get that in WWE because they don't know they're going to do the thing. <laughs> Which is, uh, by last week's show, hyped that the main event was going to be Bobby Lashley, an MVP, versus RK Pro because there's the whole tag team turmoil thing to get a created tag team championship match for this week's show. And they even said it's going to be a main event tag team match. And this is coming after, I think, 
I can't remember if any of the matches took place. They hyped the tag team turmoil on like the day or week as well. So it's a running pattern of promoting that there's going to be a match the next week on Raw. They've done it on this week's show. They promote that there's going to be a match. As far as I know, that current streak of those matches happening is zero, which is incredible given they've been doing it for about a month now. <laughs> and still, not one match has happened. Unless I'm forgetting a week where they did happen. Because uh, one hyped this week has got the most chances happening. So it's this kind of match that I reckon if it did happen, it was this kind of match where it's kind of like mid-card, if not lower. Just like, yeah, it's not like, even if they change the bigger picture of the show, this is the kind of match they could still go ahead. Uh, anyway, so they, on the day of the show, suddenly, because this did feel like a plan that was in place, which I applaud WWE for. Even though on the screens it hadn't actually be hint- been hinted at, there were other things in play. The draft is around the corner. They got the whole. You've got Biggie as Money in the Bank. You got Lashley's champion. The other two members of New Day are on Raw. Even if there was nothing on the show actually hinting at it, the pieces were in play to kick into gear for it. They've just jumped the gun a bit. Biggie's catching Money in the Bank, and I guess in essence, he's then transitioned to Raw. That changes like on a whim, <laughs> essentially. Like what? Like in terms of does the person then go over to Raw or not? It's uh, it, plots. It's, it's plot circumstantial. Like half the rules of the Royal Rumble. So yeah, it's, it's plot circumstantial. I'm assuming Biggie is now on Raw because they massively needed this jot of energy and him becoming champion. Uh, you saw the crowd reaction as well. It was uh, an amazing pop. But like, it felt like a show where there was effort being put in. So. Well, wait and see, <laughs> which is a massive positive for the low bar I've got for Raw coming out of this summer. Like something like this, I saw effort put in, and not just in the Big E stuff, in actual backstage segments as well. As in, they thought the shots through. There was nothing weird. I mean, nothing super weird. It's, <laughs> it's naturally the interviews look weird anyway. But as in, in terms of the way they ha- make them stand, if you know they're doing it, you can't not see it. <laughs> but the actual shots themselves were fine so yeah just the whole crab thing <laughs> it's just no crabs they thought the shots through and they were moving pieces within those shots and they thought maybe we should frame this in a certain way where you don't see anything is obviously weird anyway as in they thought it through it wasn't suddenly like oh crap we're gonna be able they didn't yeah they thought the shots through which shows effort was put in it's a, it's a small detail but when they get that level of detail right that means thought and effort has been put into this show and you know what I know WWE, I spent the entirety of Raw figuring out how they were going to swerve us out of Big E successfully cashing in. Because it's WWE. They're a heel promotion that now and then gives you good moments to, to be happy with. Like, they'll hype something to swerve you. And get rid of, and get you, it's not, it's not swerving the characters, it's to swerve you, the audience, and catch you. Go, ha you're an idiot for believing that. Like, no one hates their audience like WWE does, it's really weird. Uh, but... Uh, then I guess I compare them to AW. AW is a babyface promotion that will now and then do a heel thing. With, compared to the way round, the pure babyface victory thing feels more there in WWE because, in essence, in heart, they're they're baddies. <laughs> I guess they want to they want to get you. But there was no swerve. This was one of those rare occasions where the hype for the thing being cashed in wasn't to swerve you. It wasn't, oh, if we hype it up beforehand, then we can, they're expecting it so that we could swerve them later on by doing something. It's like, no, they hyped it and they did it. It's like, oh, that, that's crazy. <laughs> it was like if they themselves had put out the message that Mick Foley was going to win the championship. And they were like, oh, by the way, this is going to happen. Gener- generated their own hype and <laughs> went with it. Like, yeah, 
and uh, the numbers have come out as well, and the numbers aren't great. And there's talk immediately about AEW possibly being able to beat them again. I'd say it's low enough for it to happen, but I don't expect it to happen. Also, you know, big football stuff, which is apparently raised the question of how bad was it going to be before they booked this? But that also means football doesn't stop after this week. That's going to keep happening. So I'm going to get a streak of great shows whilst they're in this. We can't put on a bad show because the ratings are so bad. If you put on a bad show, then the ratings are going to be truly <laughs> low. We have to keep putting on bagger shows. Uh, as the viewer wins, why would I complain about that? Anyway, so for the show itself, we opened up with Mr. Money in the Bank, Big E. And I have said they found a new unique way to cash in Money in the Bank by having E announce his intentions to cash in on social media on the day of the show. They've not done that before, as far as I know. Uh, and personally, it made this show feel different and exciting. They had a kind of build to the main event, which was uh, just a straight line through the show. Like really strong stuff. The man himself, Mr. Money in the Bank, Big E, opened the show. I mean, open. He was out first, but then he didn't say anything because Orton's music hit and then Lashley immediately after. They just made their entrances like, OK, cool, we're going into like the... Everyone's going to say their bit and that'll be the end. Uh, the tag title match that was hyped at the end of last week's show switched out for the WWE Championship match, originally promoted for Extreme Rules, which is Lashley versus Orton. Uh, but you know what? I, I'm not going to complain. Why do I complain about them switching out the matches when this is infinitely more interesting? What they gave us is so much better than what they were building up last week. A switch up in all of the most positive ways. So yeah, it's a switch up, but this is a case of this is a good version of it. Obviously, the negatives are when you do it so often, so incredibly often, then when a when your company hypes a match, then why would I ever pay attention? Because I don't expect it to happen. This is a rare occasion where no, this has generated so much more interest. <laughs> it's, it's so much better. This was a perfectly fine course correct. I'm fine with it. Uh, MVP moaning at Orton, putting the strings of influence to get the championship match pulled forward, so at least they gave a reason for it. They didn't just hype it and pretend that they'd hyped a different match, so that's good. Whilst E continuously stirs the pot of meat. <laughs> just like, <laughs> he was so good about this show. Mixing in some real spice for the main event with the Money in the Bank contract of his. And of course, one more RKO to send us into the main event, all hyped and ready. And really... The whole show did build to it. They had backstage segments with each person where Big E would then just go in and say a few words. And yeah, and and it built to it. it was throughout the show, we continuously went to somebody from the match. We got Big E with New Day. Then we got Autumn with Viddle. Big E walks in. Then we got Lashley with MVP. Big E walks in. So there were we got we got three other segments building to this in the show. And then we got a video package of Randy Orton about how awesome he is, he got about the almighty, so they were really building this match, making it feel like a massive big deal. And the combatants prepping in their shots as Big E camera pans in to seductively kiss his briefcase. <laughs> oh, he makes me laugh, does he? I love that he's been able to get to this level without becoming serious. I was never somebody who thought that was a thing. Obviously, I'm incredibly pro-comedy in wrestling, I don't need it to be like, ultimately serious all the time. I like things to be a bit more variety, and I like that kind of break from the seriousness with that one silly act. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with, uh, I guess, characters not all being of the same mould. I, I got my variety in the characters. And Big E, bringing com comedy stuff to the main event whilst also being able to bring that seriousness at the same time without having to go fully, full comedy or full seriousness, just try and be him. 
all, all applause for that. I I never understood, oh, that's the way it is, that's the way it always should be in terms of a character succeeding or a way of succeeding being the way it's done. I don't understand why you wouldn't tr- always try to create a new mould or why would you go with the standard, duh, duh. <laughs> that's part of what's made more so boring. Uh, but yeah. Massive stuff for Biggie. A quick applause for the last backstage bit. I mentioned this at the start earlier. With MVP and Lashley interviewed before E's cheeky wink arrival. <laughs> applause because the way it was shot, the way it was framed, showed us they put thought into how it would look with the focus shifting to each person. Like, this is seriously how hello the bar is to praise... This is my praise right now. <laughs> so congratulations. Nobody came out of your shot just looking strange. You nailed it. Well done. You had, every, you, had your, you had your interviewer, you had MVP, and then you had Bobby Lashley. And Big Lashley's doing stretching muscles to distract you from the fact that, the, as far as I know, the interviewer is taller than MVP, so he's definitely crabbing. <laughs> but because you've got Biggie at the foreground, and then it pans to the side. But they, the big point is they didn't, when they had that riddle walking down, they, had riddle, they didn't even think, oh, the interview's going to look weird. This shot was like they purposely thought, we'll, do, we'll cut off the shot, we'll have it over a certain frame, so that you don't see that he's standing weird. Yeah, all I mean is this is something they've done for ages. It's not, it, this isn't a abnormal thing for them to go, oh, we just make sure we cut this shot off so you don't see the interviews. That's perfectly fine. Everybody hit their marks and it's all organised. My point being, we have seen occasions this year where that hasn't happened because it's been rushed, because it's not been thought through. And it's just, it's been badly shot because of that. This tells you that things flowed a bit better on this night. There was that plan. There was enough time to think it through and put something together. So, congrats on that. Congrats on that. Anyway, Orton, a charging bull of purpose in this main event match. Uh, yeah, WWE Championship. Lashley was out with MVP. Orton was out with Riddle at ringside as well. A Big E didn't come out till after the match. They just they had a full-on main event championship match. About 10, 15 minutes or so. And, yeah, Orton was that charging bull of purpose. Go straight there. Hindered. By tweaking his ankle on an outside landing, nailing all his signatures with oomph before clutching his ankle in an owie. <laughs> Gallantary really putting over the fury of the almighty as, he t- as the tides turned. The match descending into an exciting closing pace of quick reversals and near falls. The spear reversed into a suplex. RKO into the spear. Hurtlock into the RKO. Uh, the interference from MVP proving vital, uh, taking an RKO himself as Randy ran back into the ring and right into a spear for the champion to retain. A furious Bobby Lashley destroyed Riddle and slammed Orton through the announce table as the crowd bubbles for Biggie's music to hit. The Almighty seemingly tweaking his knee on that announce table spot, and for what I've apparently heard, it was it was meant to sell something that he's injured something. But the table did actually hit him as well. <laughs> so either he's perfectly fine, just hit him so it really helps with the cell, or the thing to really help with the cell is he actually did get hit. <laughs> so there's no better way to sell a sell that you hurt than to actually be hurt. <laughs> and be like, oh, <laughs> so yeah, no, no better way. Anyway, but also that it also gives room for Bobby Lashley to be like, not only had a wrestled a match, I was also hurt. So there's your rematch reason for E versus Lashley. But yes, Furious Lashley destroyed everybody who set up the scene for Big E's music to hit. Uh, and then, as promised, Big E charges out, Lashley refusing as his knees all fecked, but the match is underway anyway. They didn't swerve out of it. Like, good job with the last minute tease of a swerve out. They got me. Where It was when Bobby Lashley was going, oh, my, 
my my knee I can't know it's not going to happen I'm not I can't stand up because I've actually asked them but I guess with money in the bank contract it doesn't matter it's happening anyway I would say an oddly placed ad break but I guess if you're live at the time you could ask in that period of time be like oh my god Biggie's cashing in and people could tell people so I guess strategically placed even though in terms of the flow of the show it was weird <laughs> but anyway the ultimate main event is, was for the WWE Championship as Big E cashed in on Lashley. And again, MVP's been RKO'd at ringside. He's going to be no factor. And your new WWE Champion. Good on you, WWE. You hyped the show with a feel-good moment and delivered. Just applause. You're not a babyface promotion. So when you do it, it feels like a big deal. Uh, your typical uh, babyface, Money in the Bank cash-in in the perfect way. Uh, Mr Money in the Bank looking on top before the baddie champion nails his finisher out of nowhere. Only for our goodie to kick out and avoid a second with a finisher of their own. One, two, three. Big E is your new WWE champion to a massive pop innovation from the TD Garden. And yeah, there was a story right there for them in Lashley destroying Kofi that they just didn't use. And this was in suddenly it. The phrase has been used is hot-shotted. Just because it's been big thing out of nowhere. And that it has in, uh, arrived much, much quicker than any plan or intention had. And of course, outside, there's no other reason you do that other than outside forces. Be it the network worried about Monday Night Football. Could be AEW beating more, but I, I suspect the football more. <laughs> but it's just, whatever the reason is, as I said before, for me it doesn't really matter because suddenly this show got a jolt of energy, which is desperately needed. Um, but in the world of moments, this was a damn great one. Like, Raw's needed life, and this win is a strong dose of it. Yeah, massive moment, and you just come out of that show feeling hyped about wrestling, which hasn't happened with me with Raw for quite some time. So, yeah, round of applause. Yeah, they hyped a feel-good moment, and they actually delivered it. They didn't use the hype to then swerve out of it and set up a different match or anything. No, genuinely... So we're gonna do this. Uh, yeah, we're gonna do this really cool thing, and then they did it. <laughs> it's, like, it's crazy. <laughs> what a crazy idea! Uh, but yes, Big E is a WWE champion. It's great to see. Love to see it. Uh, yeah, yeah feel, uh, feel really happy for the guy. And of course, with the with the overall show as well. Hopefully, this is a bit of a trend going forward in terms of the level of effort across this show. Doesn't mean everything was good. Doesn't mean every segment felt like it had that same level <laughs> of effort put into it. That said, at least with your big angles on the show, at least you felt it. You really could feel it, uh, which it just felt like a breath of fresh air. Like this show's desperately needed that or something to jolt it awake. And finally got it. Finally got it. Anyway, Big East champion. Massive thumbs up. So hope and we'll see you next week. Next week, I've got uh, rants from One Nation... Not Rants from Nation, I do. So, so sorry, Rants. <laughs> rants from the Outsiders Edge to join me to talk about Monday Night Raw. And hopefully, the feel-good momentum will carry us through that as well. Hopefully, hopefully. Anyway, the Championship Contenders matches are back. We're going to talk about the show in order now. So, feel, uh, feel free to... Uh, d- get off the momentum horse of happiness, <laughs> I guess. So yeah, the rest of the show was up and down. There were, thing, there were more, again, there were more segments I enjoyed than I didn't, if I'm if I'm making them in terms of just against each other. How many did like, how many didn't. That doesn't mean it was all perfect, or the entire show felt like it had, had all effort put into it. There were reports afterwards that they're treating this more like a massive deal, so expect big things to happen. Obviously, there was the championship at the end, 
and there was a whole build to that. Although I would say there was a lot of standard. There's a lot I did like on this show, but there's also a fair bit of standard. Anyway, Championship Contenders matches. I don't think I'll ever be a fan of these. Maybe if they just keep doing it over time, I'll just become nothing to them. <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, and like, it's just the name of the thing. Cool, I don't really care anymore. But for now, hooray! The match with a name... The match that now has a name to make it more important in spite of this being the exact kind of match they've been booking for years anyway. <laughs> like, it's no different. Now just with a name slapped on it. Cool. Uh, Charlotte Flair versus Shayna Baszler. Uh, Shayna out without Nia, uh, airing a video package of Nia attempting the same getting back together bit they've done countless times already. This feeds into the finish, and the commentator's response is interesting <laughs> because they showed us this. Anyway. Uh, and you know what? These two had a match. Like, it seemed to be bubbling along nicely. I was enjoying the match. Then the ad break instigator came out in the form of Nia Jax. I was like, ah, this is the real reason for this match. Uh, will Nia be out for revenge or to help Shayna? We just don't know at this point. Says Byron Saxton in peak, the best way to watch WWE is to not watch it. <laughs> just, if you've watched the show, you've seen them fall out how many times and then just, just be back together the next week because they've got nothing else for them. So, yeah. Surprisingly, the team whose whole thing has been not getting along, breaking up and being back together next week for a solid year now, like, of course Nia chose vengeance. <laughs> there is evidence of this. Uh, and that happened in a repeat angle from last week as she gets up on the open when Baszler was somewhat in control. It's like last week where Nia Jax didn't have the match won last week, but then Shane and Baszler getting up the cost of the match. Same here. Baszler wasn't going to win from the spot that she was in, but she did have momentum. So Jax gets up on the apron, cost of the match. Big boot from the champion and into the past match. Sorry, post-match angle, we quickly sprang... Sprang? Let's go with it. Bliss. Then her music hit. And Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler just disappeared. I was trying to remember what happened. <laughs> just, so Bliss's music. What did they do? Oh yeah, they just vanished. Cool. Uh, Bliss, we did get announced later in the show that set for now. So we'll see. Currently, as far as I know, the previous week hype to match actually happening number is very low. Incredibly low. But this one could take place. Nia Jax versus Shayna Baszler announced for next week. We'll wait and see. Uh, but Bliss's music played as she gleefully pantsed out with a rift gap, a rift gift, <laughs> about gift. Take it, no, yes, no, yes, oh, yes, amazing. But, but for me, the most amazing part of this was that it was seemingly going for the yes chant, and there's like that's, that's weird given he's no longer with the company. <laughs> but it's the thing that they created, so maybe they'll. Like, no, we did the yes thing. Not To be fair, when Daniel Bryan was at his height, they tried to put the yes chant onto other people. Like, he had Big Show trying to do it, he had others trying to carry it. He's like, no, it's not Daniel Bryan that's over, it's the yes chant. Which was proved incorrect. <laughs> but if they still want to feel that way, then fine. Uh, anyway, followed by Open It, Open It, and it's a lily like doll of the champion. She's called Charlie. And yes, the crowd chanted her name. The crowd into all of this. They, they were great for all the entire show. For the, I'm going to make a note of this. For the second week in a row, the crowd was great for Raw. So even though I've given it like uh, fine reviews, uh, this one is a lot more positive, obviously, because of the thread through the show and the main event. And I liked some of the uh, other segments as well. Uh, like, yeah, the crowds have been great. And normally you go by the crowd reactions. And yeah, maybe 
the entire shows haven't been for me, but clearly they're for somebody. <laughs> if you look at the, how great the crowds have been for the past two shows. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Does this streak continue for at least a month? It's the four-episode test with Raw, because quite often after that point, other things have been dropped or moved on or whatever. That said, we have got the draft, so maybe it's not that easily accessible <laughs> this time. Uh, but yeah, Charlotte playing along for a tad, even though it doesn't quite fit for me fit in her character that she would, but I guess that's what it's what you do with Bliss. And as well, Bliss is not doing any spooky spook on her. She's just being a bit weird. And I think for Charlotte, that's the perfect thing to do. I don't think the Flair character would gel that well with the spooky spook. <laughs> I just say, the crowd have not reacted well to any spooky spook anyway. So maybe dialing that back has been the right call. Alexa Bliss is still getting incredible reactions. The crowds are yet again popping for everything these guys are doing. Chanting, the chants for Alexa Bliss, like the stuff for like we, we Want Wyatt stuff, that went very quickly. Especially as they kind of dropped the supernatural stuff a little bit more. And there's like uh, leaned into the, I guess, the Quinn side of it. Oops, did I knock everything? Yeah, lean into the, the Quinn side a bit more. And yeah, all positives. <laughs> all positives, even though it's not for me, for the people this is for, it's ticking all the boxes. So like, I can go, uh, I don't think it's that good. <laughs> it doesn't matter. The audience it's for, it's clearly working. But yeah. Uh, one line I was like, that's a bit of a weird line, was uh, uh, Charlotte claiming that she's going to adult her into Extreme Rules. Is that how good enough of the playing around? Cool, just a weird sounding sentence. <laughs> and launch into attack, but Bliss was uh, being a tad more serious. She even called Charlotte the B word. So, you know, it's serious. She said the B word. Uh, Lamping Flair first with every attempt from the champion. And yeah, and even hitting a code red. But you know what? You always go with the crowd, and the crowd bloody ate this up. Later in the night, Charlotte just chucking Charlie in the trash. She's like, yeah, that's the exact response I would expect from Flair. Like what I was saying earlier, is like, I'm not entirely sure it makes sense for a character to play. What along with it? She stopped playing along pretty quickly. So hopefully next week, she doesn't play along at all. Because this is kind of the beat of, no, I'm just going to throw the doll in the trash. Why would I pay any attention? Uh, a complete refusal for the spooky. And they did get me when the camera then panned into the trash and we saw it there. And I was like... Please don't wink at me. <laughs> please, don't, please. Uh, it didn't. Well done. It was no spooky spook. It was just Alexa being a bit weird. And that was the peak of it. <laughs> it got great crowd reactions. They, the chants that they were doing were all for the segment. They were all related. They were nothing smarky. They were all enjoying it. All having a great time. Just, so, yeah. I guess good stuff. Yeah. Uh, next match was a bit of a filler. Uh, Drew McIntyre and the Viking Raiders versus Jinder Mahal, Via and Shanky. Look at the big boys. Oh, oh it's big. Big E's got a lot of meat <laughs> on the table. Uh, the feud we all thought was over drives back into gear for some reason. Uh, be yeah, because reasons. Uh, nice to see the Raiders on the show two weeks in a row. Good for them. Uh, but this did feel more like something for Drew to do more than anything substantial. And it was booked as such. Uh, Drew McIntyre making quick work of the trio after the initial Viking save from a cheeky Mahal entrance attack, uh, nabbing the pin to pose on high before quickly fading to hyping our money in the bank uh, with the latest backstage segment. Yeah, I was like, oh, this feels like just to give something Drew to do. And the match played out exactly like that. Like They didn't faff about at all, so I have to kind of applaud it a bit. Like It didn't outstay its welcome. I saw a six-man tag. I was expecting that heel heat. I was expecting Viking Vaders to get the big, powerful stuff, and then for Drew McIntyre to nail the claim after over a build. No. Like, 
Yes, there was the initial beatdown, the Viking Vaders made the save, but then McIntyre just destroyed them, and it was done so quickly. It's like, yeah, actually, that's the perfect way they get you get McIntyre on the show, you get him to continue this momentum, and you don't waste people's time, particularly. He's like, yeah, uh, yeah. In terms of, like, I wouldn't say I enjoyed this, but to especially on a show which has the, got the focus elsewhere, yeah, applause, well done. Like, you managed to keep McIntyre's momentum without feeling like my time was being wasted. Because this match very easily on a different episode of Raw could have. But it didn't. They nailed it. So, applause there. It, that's what I mean by it. the little things on this show. Quite often I'm critiquing the little things. But on this show, the little things actually lifted it up. So it, when it comes later in the show to segments that I just didn't care for, some of them incredibly long. But over the course of the whole show, there are lots of little positives that kind of elevate the whole thing. Anyway, United States Championship, Damian Priest versus Jeff Hardy. Seemingly a response to the fan reaction of Hardy being in the 24-7 huddle last week. Like, fine. <laughs> Immediately into a championship match then. You happy now? Like, I mean, probably swung too far the other way. <laughs> From 24-7 nobody to championship match. She's like, well, which one do you want? So, uh, maybe a little bit in between. What these builds? <laughs> it's a build to something. Uh, but positives for the way that it was framed. Like, I was perfectly fine with like Damien issuing an open challenge early in the day and Jeff Hardy accepting it. And of course the build-up that he's a former United States champion. He's a veteran at this point that's hold all the gold so he can put him into any match. <laughs> it's perfectly fine. He's a former champion of all of them. So, yeah. Uh, Sheamus also immediately showing, he, uh, to, uh, showing, showing up to join the lads on commentary. Also, just the whole thing, the whole thing of this match, Seamus being out there, Hardy accepting, like, everything here, it makes sense by their own universe rules, and that's the least I ask. <laughs> that is the least I ask. <laughs> it's when you break your own universe of rules for a bit, or for a angle, it's like, oh, oh, it's like, oh you, you broke... Just to get a reaction, you, you broke all of your rules. <laughs> it's, like, oh, it's, it's irritating. Uh, but yes, this all made sense. It was fine. Also, something that makes sense, like, of course, Sheamus would want to be out there. Like, he'd obviously want to scout his competition as the number one contender for Extreme Rules. He stole me gold at SummerSlam, <laughs> he says in an Irish accent. Uh, Priest continuing to look great since becoming champion. Now a man with actual trajectory behind him and surrounded by vets who can make him look awesome. Uh, Priest reversing the twist of fate into the reckoning for the win before the Shamo post-match beatdown until... A high kick of his own from Priest has come at the commentary calling it a bro kick. I just thought it was just a high kick <laughs> to counter him, but if it was a bro kick, they can lead into that. They're all nice and set up for extreme rules, with uh, Priest showing he's smart enough to counter Sheamus's baddie tropes. So, yeah. The applause again. Priest continued to look strong. Sheamus continued to be the bad guy, realising he's up against a different kind of wall here. And this is, uh, again, a bit more focused, given that Sheamus beat Drew McIntyre and became the more contender then you go immediately into the feud and yeah it's like a couple of weeks is it until Extreme Rules yeah perfectly fine build everybody continues to be nailing their roles so yeah so now I can go to the negative I've praised the show I still I don't know what I'd give it honestly I want to say because normally I'm like one or two this one I want to say three but it's difficult because it's a show of two halves my positive, like my positives on this show, make me feel like it's a four out of five because I genuinely really enjoyed it and the main event really elevated. But it's this point here where there's, I think there's three matches that for me I just 
uh, it just didn't do anything for me. And <laughs> it's like, ah, uh, we look at the show as a whole, it's, it can't be that high a score. So maybe it's three. <laughs> I don't really, I'm not very good with the numbers. That's why I was like, no, this show felt like they put effort into it. Doesn't mean everything was that strong, but it, it felt like a show they put effort into. That's my words review. Numbers wise, I don't know, three out of five. That's what it feels like. That's a number in my head. Anyway, Nikki A.S.H., almost a superhero, with Rhea Ripley versus Tamina with Natalia. We got both matches as we were set for one until a wooden as fuck <laughs> gorilla promo between Rhea and Nikki and the women's tag champions. And oh damn, I called it. <laughs> like week one, the champions lose. Week two, it's singles matches time. Like the most standard of standard booking for the women's tag team championships continues. Like for me, it's really a shame the division can be so much more, but it's been the standard rinse and repeat stuff ever since the Banks and Bailey versus Kabuki Warriors feud came to an end over a year ago. It's the same pattern. It's the same routine on the spinning round to the same point to the where last week I was like, no, we're going to get singles matches. Like maybe it'll be on the same show. Maybe it'll be back, like one week will be one, next week will be the other one. Like, uh, fine. Uh, this the first this first one was Tamina, Tamina being strong, but Nikki is agile. Again, the match was fine. Like for me, these two matches, I found them just like the entire thing to just be fine. Like, no, I didn't find it even with the mistake there. I still thought it's fine. It's perfectly fine. I'm, I've not felt like they that I've had my enjoyment of the segment taken down or anything. It wasn't particularly high anyway, <laughs> and this is fine. Like, uh, yeah, it's, if anything, it's upped my interest <laughs> with the uh, mistake that happened. So, yeah, the ending, which is the only thing I remember from this Ash versus Tamina match. Nikki hitting a spinning DDT off of Brett's rope. Again, it, it didn't look amazing, but it's fine. It's for the level of the rest of the match, it's fine. <laughs> and the ref counting the three with a very visible kick out from Tamina. And in my head, I'm like, maybe she was just too late. I was like, no, that was, but it was like a massive, extremely visible <laughs> kick out. And something tells me this possibly wasn't the planned ending, given Tamina's music played and the announcer then called, and your winner, Tamina, as the referee holds up Nikki's hand. He's <laughs> just like, ah, yeah. First off, that tells you that this segment really had everybody's attention when the announcer clearly was just waiting for the bell to ring. And it's like, yeah, it's her music playing. I'll say her name. It's like, yeah, clearly wasn't watching the match. <laughs> Good stuff. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, it tells you you've had a, it's been a banger segment when that's happened. But yeah, and I was like, I was like, you know what? It's, I didn't find it that amazing. It was the same Nikki Ash match that you, or SH match that you normally get where she is kind of up against it. It's Tamina's dominating and then she gets a run that hot fire. But given how the second half went, I'm a, and given that they had Tamina's music loaded up and the announcer immediately just went with it, as like something tells me Tamina was set to win. <laughs> just a touch of thought. So it kind of screws up because surely we were then going into a quick adaption of plans as we were in for a 50-50 between the two teams. Surely it's WWE. Where if I'm talking about the most standard way to do this, you do it 50-50. One of them wins, one of them loses. And if you're continuing to build up Ray Ripley, yeah, Nikki loses to Mina, then Ripley beats Natalia. Yeah, that's fine. It's perfectly fine. And, yeah, again, this one was definitely better. <laughs> like, no, almost no comparison. 
And uh, there was a second incident to adapt to as Ripley's ringside charge had her accidentally landing on the point of the stairs. Oof. But that added to kind of the physicality of this match and just gave it that extra oof that it des- I feel like it definitely did need. Uh, it helped as well. Like uh, Rhea lif- left without Nikki after a buddy beatdown and stuck with that two-on-one disadvantage. Until she wasn't. Uh, Tamina causing a distraction, but Nikki was there to trip Natty at the other side. The tag champion then go for a cheeky feat on the rope steel, only for Nikki to save the day once again. So, ah, yes, a little bit of character there. A nice beat for Nikki. As we see her grow in action. Yes, all applause again. <laughs> Even this, in this, because this lasted like half an hour, if not more, and like of the show, which is a massive portion. Especially for I'm just like, I'm just not interested at all. <laughs> like the same went beforehand with them arguing and signing Deville creating the match it's like this isn't creating any intrigue for me uh, I don't know if it's just because I was like oh, please just something more interesting than first you beat the champions then you do the singles matches like something more interesting than that <laughs> and because I knew that because I saw the angle setting that up maybe that's just why I didn't get into it but I really liked the character though for Nikki Cross and uh, I liked the ending as well Ripley catching the Canadian after Nikki saved the day for the submission win. So yeah, a nice character beat for Nikki and it continues to make Ripley look strong. So the bigger picture stuff is all applause, even if it felt like 30 minutes that just, it filled up the show. I didn't, I was never really invested into what was happening. But yeah, this was a long portion of the show that didn't really, it was fine. (laughs) It didn't feel like it was going anywhere substantial. It lasted Half an hour, if not more. And it was fine, I guess. But thumbs up for the character beats at the end. So, yeah, it's just... Yeah, I, the women's tag team scene, unfortunately, just feels a bit dull, a bit repetitive, not really going anywhere. So, yeah. Anyway, eight-man tag. I really enjoyed this. <laughs> so, the only fallout from the tag team turmoil match of last week, given that we were meant to be having a tag team championship match on this show, and that got bumped for the angle Big E. So we got, as my body just picks down, we've got an eight-man tag. Ali and Mansoor and The New Day versus AJ Styles, Omos, Mace and T-Bar. A perfectly fun follow-up to last week's tag team turmoil. Helping keep the division rolling whilst the focus is elsewhere for the week. Something I applaud AEW for, so nice to see it here on a Monday. Where AEW are really good at just featuring an act, even if it's just in a video package, just to show that they still exist, keep the momentum going a little bit whilst the focus, uh, the spotlight is elsewhere on something else. And it's something that they've become really good at, meaning that like the talent does get rotated. Everyone gets a little rest. It's like, yeah, it's it's a nice little tactic. It's good to see that here, where we got that, whilst the focus was elsewhere, we just got like a big eight-man tag. Last week was the focus for this, all, all of these guys. This week, it's with the championship, so they get like a nice little featured match to just carry their momentum. Yeah, quick note, Ali and T-Bar... Do that run off the ropes into a big boot spot every single week and it still looks amazing. <laughs> I still pop for it every time. But I swear I've seen it for like six weeks straight. It, it, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it still gets reaction out of me. It looks that good. Uh, so yeah, continue to just keep doing that spot. It's going to keep getting the reaction out of me. Uh, the match breaking down into every man landing their shot in a carousel of chaos. I have to say that like I'm part of T-Bar Wabe. The carousel of chaos. As you don't know that you're an alligator. <laughs> so this say something like that, right? <laughs> when I'm done with you, you're not going to know what animal you are. 
<laughs> something like that. I could write their dialogue. Uh, Ali, the man standing at the end after tagging in and nailing a spinning DDT on AJ, only for Omos to tag in and launch the lad about, all four baby faces jumping on the tall man <laughs> to try and stop him, to no avail. A two-handed slam and with some oomph on the tall one, which looks really painful. And yeah, Omos gets a win for the bad guys. Another one for the bad guys. Yeah, it's just really enjoyable. <laughs> it just carried that momentum, was fast-paced. Everybody in there looked great. Uh, Ali, Ali and uh, Dijak continue doing that spot. <laughs> it still looks amazing. Yeah, thumbs up. Again, this is what I've said before, where I don't need every show to kind of blow me out of the water to like for each segment to get a thumbs up. Last week was the massive focus for the tag vision. Perfectly fine with a really fun eight-man tag. So yeah. yeah, yeah, nice little applause. Anyway, now for the opposite of that, Dewdrop versus Eva Marie. So immediately, Dewdrop was our latest, I'll go by the nickname meant to offend to show my strength, a la Shorty G. And I have no idea why Vince thinks this gimmick will work. <laughs> it's the latest person with it. He keeps doing it. And it continues to be shit. <laughs> it's just, it's never good. And the fans never react to it. It's so strange. As in, it really did feel like the pop they were building to was her telling Eve Marie, my name's not Dewdrop. It's da-da-da, whatever they choose. But they didn't even realise they were building to that. But what? <laughs> then I question. I thought that's exactly what they were building to. Whenever I saw Viper, just go, "My name's not Dewdrop. My name's." And like she would say it to Eve Marie, and then over the course of the story, they've changed their mind and gone, "Nah, you know what? Yeah." I <laughs> uh, will say in terms of like the show itself, putting this match here, I kind of was fatigued. Like, I've just had a really fun eight man tag, and I would say I was starting to get a bit tired after like the thirty minutes dedicated to the women's tag scene, and then we got the really fun eight man. When it comes to Dewdrop and Eva Marie, I was fatigued and ready for the main event. And I had absolutely none of this. And by the sound of it, neither did the crowd. The crowd that were hot for everything, all night. Not hardly any smarky chance, genuinely chanting about the vesting they were seeing and the angles in front of them and enjoying it. They gave nothing to this. <laughs> it's just, it did feel like just the momentum come down WWE liked to do before the main event. It felt like that. You get it on pay for you sometimes. Don't know why. Anyway, yeah, Eva going for the devastating roll-up, but she wasn't strong enough to chop her opponent down, who just backdropped on top of her for the win. Uh, no other notes, really. I think after the match, Dewdrop announced, and your winner, Dewdrop, to her funky donkey music to play. And she's like, yeah, uh, that's it. that ends the segment. Like, cool. <laughs> it's fine. Ah. <laughs> uh, is there, so I'm trying to think, what is there an angle here? Other than Dewdrop is just beating Eve Marie. I was like, do you go for the angle of Eve Marie then becoming the kind of the protege under Dewdrop as, it, as she desperately just keeps losing, cannot do it, and Dewdrop is very clearly a great wrestler. Do you just then have Eve Marie go and just eventually realise, or does she never realise, she never changes because she's a villain? Who knows? My assumption is there is no direction. <laughs> really do much into it. Uh, they had Dewdrop turn on Eve Marie almost immediately to then not team with her and still be together. Sorry, to not turn off turn on her and still be together teaming for some reason. And then we get to the, the actual matches themselves with them actually falling out. It's like, yeah, I'm perfectly fine with that. Uh, the the thing that really breaks it is taking the name Dewdrop. 
Because in the Shorty G one, it was a blatant bullying from Baron Corbin, and short and Gable was just like, "No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna own it. I am gonna be Shorty G. I will be cut to defeat it. I must become Shorty G." Ah, don't get it. <laughs> but it doesn't really work with this one because there is no Shorty G could at least imply that that's what actually makes him a great wrestler. This is just a silly nickname meant to offend her. Uh, there's no other way <laughs> there's no other meaning to it so it's a bit, uh, it doesn't quite work as much, anyway I'm, I'm actually like this thought put into it <laughs> which is a shame uh, it felt like it was building to something and then they just didn't, it's like oh did you, did you not even realise <laughs> you were doing that uh, anyway, uh, the closing segments now, uh, because we've got the main event afterwards, but uh, Karrion Cross got a promo in a suit I applauded last week where I thought the promo in his suit was the best he'd looked. I still thought the dialogue felt stilted and awkward, but it was the best Cross had looked on <laughs> the main roster. He was a promo in a suit with classical music playing in the background as he revels in his growing list of victims. A promo with identity, with character, seemingly establishing direction out of the nonsense that has been his main roster run so far. If he keeps coming out dressed like a gimp, it's all for nothing though. <laughs> I will say, I liked this. I'm just going to leave it at that. This is a like a one-week thing, but I liked this. Karen Cross in his suit, giving this kind of promo with the classical music. I really liked it. I, I just liked how everything kind of felt like it fit altogether. The way he looked with the music as well. It just it, it fit. The way he was talking, what he was talking about. Again, it all fit together. The bit that breaks it is the outfit <laughs> what they've got him wearing to the ring just completely breaks anything which is a shame which is a shame anyway then after that we got the main event for the wwe championship and we got Big E cashing in to a massive ovation so the show ended on a massive thumbs up just that's why, that's why i was like i was even debating giving it a four out of five well like i know this was a great show but for me personally the women's tag taking 30 minutes dragged it down even me drew up felt like a waste of time and suddenly I'm realising that's actually quite a big bulk of the show. You're talking 40 minutes, probably over 40 minutes of the show, which I wouldn't rate that high. So, uh, it's a big enough chunk. Well, I'll probably give it a three out of five. But it's on Raw's own scale anyway. So it's <laughs> on their own unique bar because the bar's been lowered so low. I kind of, for me, a great show of Monday Night Raw, kind of, if it solidly builds to everything and it's all fine thumbs yeah thumbs up and this is a thumbs up show for all <laughs> it's there was nothing that broke anything the good one I actually enjoyed and the massive thumbs up at the end of the show as well so yeah good stuff on Raw finally <laughs> you've got momentum to build to do something with obviously there's that massive pessimism but right now after this show I'm feeling positive this show is needed a shake up hopefully this is it and yes, I'm, th I'm looking at it a bit more long term, other than just Big E winning, because I saw effort across the show. As I was saying, even if I didn't particularly like a lot of it, even if I didn't, I thought the women's tag team scene booking was just the standard stuff. That's the same stuff they've been doing the entire time ever since uh, the Kabuki Warriors and uh, Bags and Bailey ended. It's the, the show overall. There were lots of little uh, pieces of evidence of effort. Even just the classical music in the background of Cross's promo. Evidence of effort. <laughs> so that's... that's what, Actually, no. That's my, that's my uh, word version review. That's my score for this show. 
evidence of effort. <laughs> I'll put that. Uh, Monday Night Raw, September 13th. Evidence of effort. <laughs> like, a, like a school report. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, for next week, we got Bezer and Jack's hyped as we play the latest game of Will Any Match Promoted the week previously take place? Currently, it's zero, as far as I know. <laughs> Not a great track record. I mean, yeah, an incredible track record <laughs> to have that score so low. Uh, but this match feels low-key enough to break that streak. As in, if they think, oh, crap, because the rating this week wasn't that great. I think it finished at like 1.6 and this is with the Big E hype but the Big E segment did the best at like 1.8 so the Big E segment itself did do alright but the show overall like oh god if it's at 1.6 and Big E did the segment that segment did 1.8 like what was the ratings for the rest of it <laughs> um, and the big thing is apparently NFL is an absolutely massive draw right now so we'll see what happens there We'll see, because football's on again next week, and apparently it's drawing monster ratings. So, uh. <laughs> Time to uh if you're the WWE, because you're going to have to do something to get us in to avoid quite a bad number by the looks of it. As in, with this massive big e-hype, it was 1.6, and I was, I was expecting more. Because I thought, no, it was a generally great feel-good moment. Most of the show was fine. So it's interesting it's as low as it was. But, I mean, I say it's interesting. The way ratings work, Really, it's like if there is if the previous weeks just haven't been that interesting, you're not going to tune in that next week. But if the the more telling number is the ratings after this week, with the interest from Biggie, from the word being more positive from this episode, like yeah, maybe next week we see a positive improvement just because there are positives coming out of this show. The fan base isn't all grumpy, Wumpy. They're quite celebratory and really happy for Biggie. So yeah, maybe next week will be all right. <laughs> that's my takeaway evidence of effort <laughs> that's what I need to say anyway I'll be back on Tuesday on the day's Tuesday but you can tell I'm out of it <laughs> I'll be back on Thursday to review AW Dynamite for the second time and I'll be joined by Jeremy Donovan of Keeping It Strong Style to do so so with that I say thank you for listening engaging in any form in any manner always appreciated uh, you can follow me on Twitter at the damn implicat. That's damn as in damn. There's also my Twitch with the implications with two S's. Uh, wrestling headlines itself. There's at Russell Headlines. That's wrestle without an E over on Twitter and the wrestling headlines on Facebook as well. Uh, so with that, I say thank you and I bid you adieu. Are you as happy for Big E as I am? <laughs> with that, I bid you adieu. Adios. <laughs>